Welcome to day 235 of Shaped by the Word. We're in our third season together, which is the story of the prophets. Uh, we have just finished reading through the prophet of Jeremiah. Uh, there's a historical epilogue you know, to uh, you know, Jeremiah in which we see uh, the city of Jerusalem in ruins uh, you know, as the exiles are being carried away into Babylon and they look back over their shoulders and they see the desolation of the city. It can't help but be a moment for them that is beyond imagination. And there's just a slight uh, glimmer of hope as one of the Davidic kings is restored to the table. Uh, you know, the Babylonian king and is uh, given a place that is above every other king. And there's a vision of uh, one day a person who will take up that Davidic line and sit on the throne and will be the king of all kings and lord of all lords and beautiful images in that. We move from Jeremiah to Lamentations. Uh, Lamentations will be uh, five of the most depressing poems that you have ever read in your life. And they have that vision of the city of Jerusalem, you know, hanging over their shoulder as they're walking into, uh, you know, walking into a captivity uh, in a foreign land away from home and village and everything, you know, that is uh, familiar to them. Lament is a uh, biblical way of expressing deep grief. It uh, is very honest. Uh, the words you most often hear in lament are, you know, why and how long, you know, oh Lord, uh, those are, you know, conspicuously absent, you know, from these. We hear a glimpse of that in chapter five. So you have, you know, you have these, you know, five poems. Uh, they're all, you know, 22 stanzas each, one for each letter, you know, of the Hebrew alphabet. So you'll have three lines, you know, that start with the same Hebrew, you know, letter uh, in chapters one, two. And then you have kind of a different arrangement, you know, in chapter three and you lose it, you know, all together by chapter five. But it's still 22 stanzas. It has kind of a, a rhythm to it that's a dirge rhythm, kind of a three, three, two rhythm, just and can almost just feel the people marching away, you know, into uh, into their captivity uh, as they go. The very center, uh, you know, chapter three is sixty six verses. There's an extra line to each one of the twenty two stanzas, and at the center, you know, of uh, the entire book, you have these words. This is your, you know, the limitations, you know, thirty uh, limitations three verse thirty one. For no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love, for he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. And of course, that's the message of hope that's right at the center. And we soon uh, bleed out of it, and, and we're back, you know, to this pure expression of, of grief. It's attributed, you know, to Jeremiah. Um, the poems itself don't have Jeremiah's name, you know, written, but Jeremiah has called us, you know, to cry rivers of tears over Jerusalem, and uh, he cries rivers of tears. And, of course, this is not only an expression of his sorrow, but of God's sorrow as well. So we begin, you know, a couple of days in the book of uh, Lamentations. We start with Lamentations chapter 1, but as always, we, uh, uh, we read uh, – with anticipation that the Lord will reveal his heart and character and meet us here, even in expressions of grief, you know, grief that are very heavy at times, uh, we meet the Lord in his great concern for us. So before we read, as always, we, we pray that we'll hear God, see God, and uh, that our hearts uh, will receive what God has for us in his word. So Cindy, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? No, don't mind. 
Father, thank you for your word. And thank you for this time in your word. And it would be um, my request, Father, that by your spirit you would teach us from your word, that it would either convict us of sin or, or cause us to be encouraged, Lord, because you, uh, you do both of those so well in our lives. So be with us now as we read your word. Amen. Limitations 1. How deserted lies the city, once so full of people. How like a widow is she, who once was great among the nations. She who was queen among the provinces has now become a slave. Bitterly she weeps at night, tears are on her cheeks. Among all of her lovers there is no one to comfort her. All of her friends have betrayed her. They have become her enemies. After affliction and harsh labor, Judah has gone into exile. She dwells among the nations. She finds no resting place. All who pursue her have overtaken her in the midst of her distress. The roads to Zion mourn, for no one comes to her appointed festivals. All her gates are desolate, her priests groan, her young women grieve, and she is in bitter anguish. Her foes have become her masters, her enemies are at ease. The Lord has brought her grief because of her many sons. Her children have gone into exile, captive before the foe. All the splendor has departed from daughter Zion. Her princes are like deer that find no pasture, and weaknesses they have fled before the pursuer. In the days of affliction and wandering, Jerusalem remembers all the treasures that were hers in the days of old. When her people fell into enemies' hands, there was no one to help her. Her enemies looked at her and laughed at her destruction. Jerusalem has sinned greatly and has so become unclean. All who honored her despise her, for they have all seen her naked. She herself groans and turns away. Her filthiness clings to her skirt. She did not consider her future. Her fall was astounding. There was none to comfort her. Look, Lord, on my affliction, for the enemy has triumphed. Then he laid hands on all her treasures. She saw pagan nations enter her sanctuary, those who you had forbidden to enter your assembly. All the people groan as they search for bread. They barter their treasures for food to keep themselves alive. Look, Lord, and consider, for I am despised. It is nothing to you, all, my, all who pass by. Look around and see. Is anything suffering? Is anyone any suffering like my suffering that was inflicted on me, uh, that the Lord has brought on me in the day of his fierce anger? From on, on high he sent fire, sent it down into my bones. He spread a net for my feet and turned me back. He made me desolate, faint all day long. My sins have been bound into a yoke by his hands. They were woven together. They've been hung on my neck, and the Lord has set my strength. He has given me into the hands of those that I cannot withstand. The Lord has rejected all the warriors in my midst. He has summoned an army against me to crush my young men. In his wine press, the Lord has trampled the virgin daughter Judah. This is why I weep. My eyes overflow with tears. No one is near to comfort me, no one to restore my spirit. My children are destitute because the enemies have prevailed. Zion stretches out her hands, but there is no one to comfort her. The Lord has decreed for Jacob that his neighbors become his foes. Jerusalem has become an unclean thing among them. The Lord is righteous, yet I rebelled against his command. Listen, all you peoples, look on my offspring. My young men and my young women have gone into exile. I caught in to my allies, but they have betrayed me. My priests and my elders perished in the city while they searched for food to keep themselves alive. See, Lord, how distressed I am. I am in torment within, and in my heart I am disturbed, for I have been most rebellious. Outside the sword bereaves, inside there is only death. People have heard my groaning, but there is no one to comfort me. All my enemies have heard of my distress. They rejoiced at what you have done. 
May you bring the day you have announced so they may become like me. Let all their wickedness come before you. Deal with them as you have dealt with me because of all my sins. My groans are many and my heart is faint. Of course, there's a point that uh, personifies the city of Jerusalem as she is, you know, lamenting, you know, for her for herself. She comes into very close, you know, to moments of confession, but the moments of confession, you know, do not ultimately lead to you know, repentance on the heart of what God has asked for, you know, through the prophets. Uh, the poetry is very, you know, very graphic, very mm-hmm. elegant, you know, in, in so many ways, and uh, so deeply, uh, deeply dark in anguish of the moment that they've received. Verse, yeah, this, the start of it, verse <clears throat> verse two, you know, we've been talking about just, we've seen the the idolatry of, you know, God's people over and over again. And here it is, you know, bitterly she weeps at night, tears on her cheek among all her lovers. There's no one to comfort her. All her friends have betrayed her. They have become her enemies. You know, that those idols they worship, those, you know, partnerships they made with other nations seem to promise so much and in the end delivered nothing you know and, and that's i mean for us how much do we cling to the promise of the you know idolatry or the, the promises of the idols that we worship today make and yet in the end they leave us empty and unsatisfied and so here's israel weeping bitterly you know a shadow of her former glory and no one no one there to comfort her no and, and, and of course it's a poignant picture you know throughout the prophets of uh uh, of our idolatry of spiritual adulteries we have left uh, the god we have love for the love of another and their love is is only temporary and only fleeting and in the end uh even the things that uh you know we gave our affection to turn on us and become the, the heart of our destruction so it is a, a very vivid picture mm-hmm. i was looking at three thinking kind of similar to matt um after the affliction and harsh labor, Judah has gone into exile. She dwells among the nations, and she finds no resting place. I mean, to me, that's just a, a picture there of, of moving from sort of God's chosen nation or God's chosen people to now being amongst all the nations. So there's not this this feeling of um, favoritism there. So they've forsaken that, or they no longer have that. But she also finds no resting place. So apart from the land there's not the shalom or there's not god's rest and peace there no and, and, and of course that's a biblical image from the very beginning you know that god creates the heavens and the earth and makes it a very perfect place for for us to know him dwell with him and to live and thrive under his gracious rule and so it is you know the sabbath is a rest that he invites us into and of course the land of canaan was a place of rest that he invites mm-hmm. his his people into and they I have not received, you know, his, you know, his, his rest. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, you have also, you know, Jesus' invitation, of course, to take his yoke upon mm-hmm. us and find a rest. Here you have their sins fashioned into yeah. an iron mm-hmm. yoke that is way too heavy, mm-hmm. you know, to hold. Mm-hmm. And so our idolatries, you know, bring us down and weigh us down where, you know, he removes that yoke and puts on an easy yoke that, you know, brings rest. So mm-hmm. nice images that. in there. Love mm-hmm. that picture because here the the sins, you know, they are that yoke that's hung around their neck, sapping their strength, and we we so often think that well, our sins not going to do that to us, and yet we see its mm-hmm. result here so clearly, and and yet we have the invitation of Christ, which is so gracious. Mm-hmm. Well, if we're honest and and we read this, we would say that most of the sins that we commit are trivial sins, <clears throat> you know, sins that ultimately don't have the consequences of the, you know the major sins around us that we say, well, I will never commit those. And yet, even as, you know, our author's leading us, he's like, 
his confession is the Lord is righteous, yet I rebelled against his command. Mm-hmm. You know, and all right, I mean, are we willing to identify the own sin, our own sin in our life and say that all of God's ways are righteous and just, and yet we do rebel? No, I, you know, and most of our sins do qualify or, you know, or come from a heart of idolatry, which mm-hmm. is a is a pursuit of another lover and, mm-hmm. and a lover that in the end, uh, you know, will, you know, will turn on, you know, turn on them. Uh, the other, you know, kind of sub theme here is it, it's not, you know, you know, simply a, a matter of, you know, uh, of consequences, but is God actively uh, judging his people? And, and of course, he, he even does this in mercy. You know, the, the, the harshness yeah. of the judgment is already to bring them to repentance. Yeah. And, and you see her again coming to the city again, you know, saying the Lord has brought, you know, uh, brought her grief because of her many sins. And then later, you know, you have, uh, you know, that uh, the confession of the Lord is righteous, that I rebelled against his command. Mm-hmm. And, and yet you don't quite, uh, you know, come to the place where you acknowledge and long for, as, you know, Jesus taught us, for his righteousness to be realized and, and for repentance you know, to take place. Mm-hmm. And in 28, you know, stating the obvious because of that rebellion, they're in torment and their heart is disturbed, but they understand it's the rebellion, but still not the humility or confession there. No, and the sword bereaves, and inside there is, is only death. Mm-hmm. David, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. Father, we do um, encounter your word, and we we see the seriousness of sin and, and the effects it has, and and all the destruction it can cause. Father, help us to be a people that flee sin, fight against sin, and by your Spirit, uh, may we live um, not as people burdened by the yoke of sin, but those who have been given the new yoke of, of Christ and and the grace um, that comes through the cross. Father, may you uh, open our eyes to that reality uh, for your glory, our joy. We praise all in the name of Jesus. 